This episode of Horror Movie Talk brought to you by Josh Hutcherson Security. Do you want a security guard that's mostly harmless and brings strong beta energy to your establishment? Do you want any infiltrators to be slightly confused for a second by asking themselves, doesn't that look like PETA from the Hunger Games movies? Uh, well, look no further than Josh Hutcherson Security. He's still around, and he'll protect your establishment between naps. It's Horror Movie Talk, fellas. This uh, is Horror Movie Talk Sans Plus. I want to welcome everyone back. I'm the lone survivor, Bryce Hansen. And with me this week is Max Allen, the boy wonder. That's right. We're back and currently auditioning new co-hosts. So, Max, don't screw this up. (laughs) Um, We're going back to our roots and reviewing, get this, horror movies. (gasps) New theatrical releases always get priority, but we'll also review older horror movies, both good and horrorable. And this week, we're going back and watching a theatrical release. Five Nights at Freddy's. I always want to say Friday Nights at Freddy's. I know, you texted me Friday (laughs) Nights at Freddy's, and that was like the most boomer thing you've ever done. (laughs) I'm... I'm definitely going to have strong elder millennial energy on this one because I have no context for this video game at all. Um, My kids, they could tell you everything about it. And they've never played the video game. They've just watched YouTube videos about it and the lore. That's the future right there. Yeah, which... (laughs) Who plays video games anymore? (laughs) Like, why would you play video games when you can just stream Twitch for... 48 hours um so yeah um before we get into it please make sure you rate and review and subscribe on itunes we need those reviews more than ever um as we're getting back into the swing of things and honestly we've been getting a lot of one star reviews we've uh haven't streamed or published many new episodes in october so um, only like the newcomers that have no context have been leaving reviews and they're not big fans. So if for our fans, please, if you haven't leave it at Apple review, I will actually fight you. If you left a one star review, I will send you my address. We'll link up. We'll fist fight. Yes. And that's the end of Max. <laughs> um, doxed myself. Yeah. So, uh, full video available on YouTube. Don't be a square. Be sure to share. Uh, also, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash horrormovietalk. It's the equivalent of the adult section in your video rental store. You get to see things that no one else gets to see because you give us your filthy lucre. And, uh, yeah, we are starting up. We, we paused uh, Patreon in October while I was figuring out stuff, but we'll be starting that again. So, if you're a Patreon uh, listening... You will be billed in November. Uh, we're getting the the afterpods back going, uh, making some changes to the Patreon offerings, but that's still there. So go there. And if you want to leave a comment or a voicemail, go call six eight two two five three four four six eight and leave it there. Uh, I think we'll probably have David back to answer the most recent voicemails. So um, if you want to get that under the wire. Uh, leave a voicemail um david 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 what is this yeah i need to probably I know need that to change threw me that off intro. for a second <laughs> uh he's gone he's not coming back get over it I miss get over him it already. intro song um yeah again we got a great show today <laughs> we don't need no stinking david 
again, we're going to be reviewing Friday Nights at Fed- Freddy's. Uh, we'll start out by giving a brief review and score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later on, we'll be playing some FNAF trivia because I hear that the kids call it FNAF. You're you're in trouble because I watched an hour and a half long video on the FNAF lore last night. So <laughs> was I'm it from up. Game Theory? It wasn't, but I thought about watching that one. Yeah, my my daughter, who's ten, has assured me that that Game Theory will tell me everything I need to know about FNAF. And uh, I got about five minutes through the first one, and I was like, ah, I don't care enough to. Mm-hmm. It's a very convoluted lore. It's it's pretty it impressive. Is. Like and uh it's impressive given like the fact the only thing I know about the video game is it's just spooky jump scares. You know? Right. Which, anyway, surprisingly, not a ton of in this movie. Yeah, yeah, not not really. So Five Nights at Freddy's the movie can be found in theaters now as well as streaming on Peacock. Mini remakes end up outshining the original like john carpenter's the thing and cronenberg's the fly but it's inevitable to still ask do we really need a remake of willie's wonderland it's only been two years since willie's wonderland broke new ground with the concept of a haunted Chuck E. cheese whose animatronics attacked the nighttime security guard well here we are with five nights at freddy's which tells the tale of a haunted Chuck E. cheese whose animatronics attack a nighttime security guard Except this time, there's dialogue. Will this addition of character development and extra plot propel this remake into the lofty heights of The Thing and The Fly? Only time will tell. In evaluating Five Nights at Freddy's and determining what type of movie this is going in going to be, there's really only one piece of information that you need to know. It's starring Josh Hutcherson. So you can expect to get a rather harmless horror movie that has subtle moodiness so <clears throat> um you can go in rest assured that nothing truly awful is going to befall the guy that played Peta in the hunger games uh, much like when i saw brendan Fraser was starring in the 90s mummy when i saw that trailer when i was a wee boy i wasn't that small actually uh i knew that it was going to be a goofy harmless adventure movie this there's like a couple like key people that you just kind of know what you're going to get when they're starring in a movie. I don't no know one much about see. Josh Hutcherson, but like the initial brand associations I get with that face is just like, eh, he's, it's like, it's like, a what's his name? Um, Mark Ruffalo. It's like, I guess girls think he's attractive and he just looks mostly harmless. And yeah, the no movies one wants that he is, is in are not very intense. He's just kind of like a, just like a nice, pleasant guy, you know? Um, and he's he's a nice, uh, bland protagonist to put in a relatively bland movie. <laughs> yeah, but so, I love Josh. I couldn't get enough to be yeah. fit. <clears throat> um, this is a very confusing movie, and it took until the end before I had any semblance of understanding of what was going on. Why were the animatronics haunted by murderous children? And why is sleeping on the job not a fireable offense for a nighttime security guard? Uh, These and other questions are half answered by a culminating reveal that will make you go, wait, what? Okay, whatever. Uh, I really don't know what people expected from an adaptation of a spooky video game. And I have little to no knowledge of the source material, but this is a movie. It feels like a movie and not just a factory of jump scares, which is what I would have expected. But in the end, it's also not that interesting of a movie. Uh, Most of the plot seems very tacked on and arbitrary. It's like a wacky Mad Libs of character development. Name a traumatic life experience that haunts a protagonist. Brother kidnapped when he was younger. Name a precocious attribute of of the younger sister. Colors creepy and and prescient drawings. Nothing particularly feels real or connected throughout the plot uh and it resulted in me being pretty disconnected from the characters or having any real interest in the resolution of the story as i was watching it i was just waiting until the 
that there was going to be a reveal because it was very obvious that that's what they're going for and that's exactly what happened there's a reveal and uh again it feels like a wacky mad libs reveal like it's like a scooby-doo ending like oh it was uh it was old man withers the whole time and uh yeah i give this a score of four out of ten uh mostly because i gave i think we gave willie's wonderland a three out of ten so it deserves at least one more point but it's a pretty meh movie for me how about you, Max? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, you you stole the score right out of my mouth. I'm also going to give it a 4 out of 10. Um, although I did give Willy's Wonderland a 7. So... Whoa! <laughs> that's, uh, you know, that, that tells you how I view my horror movies. But um, it, it was just really boring. Really, uh, it wasn't, like, awful, but it was not enjoyable to get through. And especially around, like, the 75% mark, I was like ready to go home right um (laughs) and part of it was my theater experience i texted you about this a little bit but oh my gosh i've never been to a theater with this amount of hype going on and i'm not really a hype guy i kind of just want Mm -hmm. to be left alone and watch a movie i brought my wife which we never see horror movies together because she doesn't like them but she was interested in this one and man, I wish I didn't bring my wife because um, she didn't want to be there the whole time. Um, <laughs> like, really? I, this is a pretty tame one. It's it's PG thirteen. It's uh, not even that. It wasn't the movie. Bad. It wasn't the movie. It was the people. It around the movie. Really? That, I mean, we went on opening night. Did you go on opening night? No, I actually streamed it on Peacock last night. <sighs> you lucky bastard. <laughs> um, yeah, I went on opening night and. Um, as soon as we walk in, the the lobby is just flooded with teenagers and little kids, almost half of them dressed up in either like an animal costume or like a wacky suit or face paint or a top hat. It was like really intense. It was like hard to get to the <laughs> snack area because there's so many of them. And I, like, other than parents bringing their kids to the theater, I was probably the oldest guy there. Really? Yeah. It was an odd experience. And a little girl told me to shush during the movie. (laughs) The movie hadn't even started yet. It was the previews, and I was just saying something to my wife. And then she was loud as hell the whole time. So that was my experience. (laughs) I would have smacked her in the head. Yeah. Shush. Um. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I don't know what the... Apparently, this is, like, a hugely popular, like, franchise of video games that um, cuts across generational boundaries, apparently, because, yeah, my my kids, ages 6 to 10, know about these movies, and, like, they're... Yeah, so Five Nights at Freddy's is, like, kind of the originator, but then they're really into the roblox ripoffs of yeah. it, which is called doors i think they um, play doors yeah they play doors or i log no, on with- see that i don't even think they play it they just watch videos about it i think they might play it i'm not i'm not quite That's sure just but funny they're on because roblox me as a 25 year old man i log on and play doors with my buddies all the time oh nice we love that so <laughs> well they have a bunch of doors um like plushies that we got them last oh, christmas oh that's so, so funny um yeah so actually um well we'll get into it in the mid-roll before we do uh if you're listening to any commercials right now yes we're still trying to make money uh but you can skip those if you go to patreon and subscribe we at a certain tier uh we're going to be giving you early access to episodes without ads that's right that's how it works in the podcasting world my children need wine um also you can you know i kind of took down the the horror movie talk shop but that should be going up again soon it didn't change anything people still had orders i tried to like take down the shop after the hiatus was announced but apparently it was still up on facebook so a bunch of t-shirt orders got made david sent those out um you should be getting those t-shirts but i gotta make some edits to the shop because i don't want to 
I'm getting into it too much. We'll talk about it in the afterpod. Uh, also, check out our resident artist, Dustin Goebel. We still love Dustin. He's a professional artist who fucks hard. He also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. Contact him at dgoebel00 on Instagram and uh, make your artistic dreams come true. Call 682-253-4468 to leave a voicemail. Thanks again. Let's get into spoilers. I'm a little rusty. I'm a little rusty today. Um, is that... Oh, the sun is streaming in and messing up my green screen. You look great. You look fantastic. Um, yeah, so I watched this last night on Peacock, um, and I actually got Penny to sit with me and watch it. Um, she noped out towards the end um, from being a little... It got a little intense for her when the little girl was starting to be attacked, but... For the most part, like it's a it's a straight up PG thirteen like it's pretty safe for kids. There's not a lot of gore, um, except for the like everything cuts scene. away. Yeah, I mean even the opening scene it cuts away before it shows anything, which you know can be just as traumatic for a, a little kid. But it's uh, I'll say it's it's relatively safe. Penny, you know she knows a lot about the lore and she's like really excited about this and she also had strong opinions even though she's never played the game uh her main criticism is that the eyes were red and not silver which is apparently a thing wow like the eyes in the video game are like have a weird silver she's just as nitpicky as you are (laughs) i'm raising her right (laughs) oh you have no idea she is like such a actually girl you know actually um but yeah it's it was a good time and i even used the josh hutcherson uh logic on her i was like listen penny it's starring josh hutcherson it's safe like you don't you don't have to worry about it too much um so and even my my wife was sitting next to us and like the the boys were in the other room so it was like it's not too intense if you're looking for a family horror movie um the the characters in this the main two characters are mike which is the protagonist played by josh hutcherson he's kind of a a fuck up security guard uh terrible security guard (laughs) by the way he's not protecting anybody yeah he's either uh assaulting innocent people in the mall or he's just sleeping on the job uh or just letting people break in and tear up the place and then not notifying anyone, apparently. Um, and then the other main character is Abby, which I thought was his daughter early on, and then we find out it's his sister. I'm not sure if that was said immediately, but like I was like, oh, it's his sister? Okay, whatever. Um, again, it feels like very wacky Mad Libs. It could have been his daughter or sister. It makes zero difference right. in, in the plot. <clears throat> and then also uh Matthew Lillard Lillard is it Lillard or Lillard? It's Lillard. Yeah, Lillard is uh in this which is like hell yeah. There there's this, you know, I don't even know what that character is supposed to be, but like an employment counselor or something for yeah, Mike. Yeah, a a which career just counselor. Doesn't exist. No, they <laughs> it doesn't exist. exist for adults. That's, that's a real thing. <laughs> You can go I, to career counseling. You could, as a grown man, go to career counseling right now if you wanted to. I, well, I mean, I guess if I was a fuck-up security guard, which is, like, almost the most impossible job to fuck up at, um, yeah. like, yeah, you probably need a, a career counselor as an adult. Um, Although you probably yeah, wouldn't like, want to go to this one because he just gives you a way worse job. Right. So he plays this character, Steve Raglan, which is very much a steven root type character like i was like i i saw him and i was like this looks like a poor man steven root do you know do you know who steven i don't root even know is? who that is um you'll he's like an one of the best character actors um of our generation what is he in what does he do um so he was most recently in barry as uh <gasps> fuchs I love uh, Barry. 
Oh my yeah. goodness, that show is so, so he good. Was, he was Fuchs in that. He was um, uh, the squirrely guy in in Office Space. He's just in a ton of stuff, and he's mm-hmm. fantastic in everything he does. Um, but yeah, it, it was very much like it seemed like a Stephen Root character, and and then it literally took me like a a good like twenty seconds before I realized like, oh, that's Matthew Lillard. Like, oh, he looked I, way it was different. Unrecognizable. In this. Yeah. He looked a little little chubbier, a little more uh, facial hair than we're used to, but yeah, still cute. And, yeah, and great. <laughs> He's a cutie. He's <laughs> a cutie patootie. Um, but yeah, and then like it's like, well, that's random, but then also kind of obvious, like about at the halfway mark, you're like, they wouldn't just cast Matthew Lillard if they didn't have yeah. him be an important part. Like that's just not for a horror movie. You know, so I mean, spoilers ends up he's also what's his name the the bad guy, the bad guy, the owner, which apparently, if I was up on my lore i'd I'd have it at the tip of my tongue um something, something. william 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 FNAF <laughs> William um, Freddy William Freddy. P. Um, so yeah, it, it was starting off. Okay. Like it's got like the cold open with the, the guy, the security guard getting attacked by like a weed whacker inside of a, a bear costume. Yeah. I thought I was watching a saw movie. That was like <laughs> intense. That was scary. Yeah, yeah, it was it's it's pretty intense opening, um, and and then it shifts shifts gears and goes to Josh Hutcherson. You're like, oh, we're safe, um, and he gets hired on to be. It, it's great because like he just assaulted some random father in the mall, like assuming that he was a, a predator, you know, and you know if you're a security guard logically you'd think like maybe ask the kid Mm -hmm. if there's anything wrong or if that's actually his father before tackling him and beating the shit out of him in a or maybe just like do anything but like drown him in the fountain while punching him in the face over and (laughs) over (laughs) right and i love it like the the strongest thing about this character is like um uh he he knows what he wants right and he does not want to work nights because personally if my house is getting foreclosed on and i just got fired for assault from my security job if someone offered me another job ever i'd probably take it just to you know put something on my resume as not yeah. being a fuck up but you know that's not how fuck ups think and so he at first he's like nah nah bro i can't do nights everyone's got priorities bryce nights ain't my thing bro uh and not it isn't like he's scared of the nights. It's that he has really important sleep sleep time to, to work take. time. Yeah, it's it's he's he's got to go to the the dreamland. He's got to join Nemo and uh, and solve the mystery of his kidnapped brother. Apparently, <clears throat> which would totally work in real life. Right, right, right. Um. Yeah, it's kind of convoluted. It's like they they introduce this concept of like cuz he's showing some book about dreams to someone and it's th- this quick dialogue that I probably missed, but it was basically saying like, "Oh yeah, if you this book talks about if you go into your you, dreams, you can you know, find lost memories and did it say something about like changing the past or something?" I don't was know. Was that was I hallucinating <laughs> that? They oh. mentioned like changing the past multiple times i don't know if it was at that point i know later on they definitely mention it but i don't know it was uh i don't know at first i thought that he couldn't do nights because he has to take care of his sister right but then you find out that he has a babysitter who he's not even paying so it doesn't really matter right Right. yeah so anyways he he takes his job eventually because his aunt is going to get custody of his sister unless he can prove that he's not a fuck up which is um, really weird why does she want to do that they say it's for money but 
you don't get a lot of money for doing that so i don't know yeah that's that's unclear too because he's like he she just wants the state's money it's like but they're related it's not foster care like i think you still get paid if even if you're related if you like are technically fostering them but it's like six hundred dollars a month it's not like they're paying you millions of dollars right yeah i is that true? You you get money if you're just a a relative? Because I assume that that's like, it's literally next of kin. Like the next of kin is responsible for you. I I don't know. Maybe. Well, did you know that I was a foster dad for a little bit? No, I didn't. I was also a foster dad. I didn't. I, did wow. you know that? I I didn't know that. How are we just living the same life? I know. Like this is the thing. You know, we're we're testing this out with Max. Um, you know, it really worked with David being completely different than me and having a different upbringing. And me and Max have almost the identical upbringing. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we both grew up Mormon. I think the the difference is that we're a different generation. So yeah. Um, you. So I mean, really, I mean, growing up in the Mormon Church in the '90s is much different than growing up in the 2000s. Probably. Oh, for sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah. Go. What was your fostering experience? Um, so we did it just because like, um, I mean, maybe I'll go into more detail in the after pod, but you know, we were going to have a baby and then we ended up not having that baby. And so we ha- spent a lot of time preparing to have a kid mm-hmm. in our home. And so we just decided to go for it. Um, uh, unfortunately we kind of learned it, it wasn't for us. It, it ended up not working out, but definitely like an eye opening experience. Like I got to be a dad for like a little while, which was yeah. weird. How how long? Only a month. Did a month, it for a yeah. month. How old was the? She was eight, which is eight. definitely older than we were looking for. But it, yeah. that's just what came up, and we wanted to be as helpful as possible. But yeah, it was uh, it was tough. It was yeah, it was really tough. Yeah, I mean, I ours was like even more random than that. Like <clears throat> our ward or our congregation for those that aren't Mormon. In uh, when we were living in Kaiser, Oregon, um, there was a social worker that worked that was in the ward, and he just called us up randomly because I think he knew. I mean, we were in our late twenties, I guess. Um, is that right, or are we in our thirties? Anyways, like we were starting to like um, think about having kids. I think, I think. Aaron might have been actually pregnant at the time, but we got a call up uh, from the social worker that was in our ward, and he said, we kind of have this emergency um, with these two kids that need placement, and I, you, your name came to mind. I know it's kind of bizarre, and but he, he kind of felt like he had personal revelation that we would be a good candidate. <clears throat> and... Um, there was a teenage boy and his sister um, that needed placement, and really they wanted placement in the area that we live because they went to the high school that was like yeah. in our backyard, basically. Okay. Um, we didn't want to take on both of them; that would be a bit much. But we we uh, took on the the teenage boy. I think he was fourteen. He was like a freshman, and. Yeah, it was definitely eye-opening. Definitely like, you know, you know, preparing to have a baby and being like, "Well, let's dip our toes in the water of parenthood." Um, there was a couple things that like were eye-opening. Uh mostly just the amount of stress and anxiety you feel about, yeah, is the kid okay? Yeah. And like what's the kid doing? And for I mean, now that I've been a parent for a long time, it's like <laughs> they're not going to kill themselves. They're they're fine. Like uh, until I hear screaming, I'm not worried. But like, like just feeling the the weight of responsibility for another person was pretty eye opening. Mm-hmm. Um, the kid was really interesting. He was um, uh, very flamboyant. Uh, young boy, like in in uh, you know, he was very much like wanting to be famous. You know, oh. that was like his n- number one goal in life was to be famous for just being him. Cool. And uh, and he was an interesting kid. 
um not particularly talented at anything in particular <laughs> to be That's honest a bummer <laughs> but uh he he was very interesting and like going through the the most interesting thing about the whole process was getting the foster parent training where it's <sighs> like yeah holy shit like it 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 they're like <laughs> preparing you for the worst and just being like hey your shit's probably gonna get fucked up like your entire life is these kids are not necessarily stable like yeah. and you've got to like they don't sugarcoat it kind of you got to kind of deal and a lot of the parenting tips are like make you confused which is like yeah don't like discipline them <laughs> at all just kind of let them be who yeah. they are you know and you're like really is that is that gonna work um so i mean it was it was kind of eye-opening from like the the government training perspective and then and then also like seeing the interaction between um the parent the the kid's actual parent and like the social workers and because like i'd sit in on some meetings um or like the visitation times and in this case like it was kind of borderline of like in my opinion whether this kid should have been taken away from his parents it was just mostly like instability there they didn't have you know a home at the time Hmm. and there was kind of a domestic um thing that happened with one of the brothers that like made the state think that they were unsafe but honestly it in my opinion it probably wasn't that big of a deal but when you meet the parents you're like oh these people are very unstable and kind of like not able to work in the system which yeah. is like the the biggest tragedy of like oh they're just not mature at all and they're just going to yell at these social workers that are trying to work with them and so it's like seeing someone say the wrong thing to a cop you're like ooh, don't don't say that just just say yes officer and like give them the the information and don't fight back and Mm -hmm. like just make them feel like they're in control and then they'll let you on your way like anyways this is a we can talk more about in the after pod but yeah it's it's kind of interesting that like people are really amped to get a bunch of foster children and get paid and it's like yeah it's not that much it's like yeah. enough to and the the stress and the effort and the time <laughs> that goes into it it's like yeah i'm well, sure someone's like dying to make that their day job well it's weird i mean the the kind of the horror stories there's like the the places that are kind of the mills for foster children where it's like oh we've got a giant house with like 16 Oof. 16 rooms we just fill it with foster children and and just kind of have chaos but we get paid for it so you know it's cheaper you turn by that a into like a, a youtube gaming house get all the kids uh wow you tapped into it max that <laughs> is all a the fantastic kids and PCs idea and how has that not been done yet <laughs> foster care house foster house the foster house and then have the the family name be the fosters and yeah. just work out perfect anyway borderline um, child labor but it's it's fun so there's this dispute between mike and his aunt to try to have custody of abby and it's never clear really why the aunt very very strongly wants it other than like the money and then also it's like a completely droppable plot point like it doesn't actually have any impact no on the movie except for like the part where they try to sabotage him but you can't sabotage his job because no one apparently gives a fuck if he's doing the job there's no supervisor there's right. nobody there um so that that's kind of a plot point um mike goes to um the place in the first night just kind of in looking around nothing happens um he does find like a training tape for uh being a security guard and there was this is one of those things that like pulls me out that's like surprising but they had so it was a a vhs tape and you know to make it like vhs tapes or like analog stuff is is being used a lot as 
this is creepy. Look how right. creepy it is. It's got uh, analog distortion on it. So, like, basically the entire film of Skinnamarink was capitalizing on making people feel creepy about VHS, <laughs> like, yeah. distortion. And, but no one actually uses VHS. It's just, it's just like a digital overlay of that distortion. So me being a child of the eighties and nineties, I can tell, I'm like, that's not real. That's a, that's digital distortion. Really? Like they made analog distortion digitally. And it's like, that's not how that would look if it was fucking up. It's like, and would it be that hard just to record it on VHS and then just fuck with the tape? just like pull the tape out or or like stretch out the tape it's like it's not that hard to get those effects like why would you have to do it digitally Anyways. yeah i i i don't notice the difference um i did grow up watching vhs's i was like at, during my childhood is when they made the switch from vhs to dvd and i remember crying because my dad was saying like dvds are the future we're throwing away all our vhs's we're going to start buying DVDs. And I was just like sobbing because I had so many Scooby-Doo movies on VHS. But yeah, I can't tell the difference between real or fake effects yeah. on there. Yeah. Um, it was just like a little thing that, that pulled me out. It's like one of the, it's like the spooky house syndrome where it's like, oh, this is artificially trying to make it spookier than it yeah, actually right. is. And it's yeah. like, just don't do that. I'm like, just, just rely on reality to be spooky. Um, and then Mike is shown just sleeping on the job and dreaming and he sees a bunch of children in a field and we're like, Oh look, creepy children. And that's all the information that we're given. Um, about the, uh, I'm going like way out of, out of sequence. I'm just going off my notes that are out of sequence, but, um, I will say one part where Penny chimed up as we were watching that in the um the diner where the aunt is scheming yes uh apparently the, the babysitter was a double agent for the aunt and uh yes which is like a plot point that again doesn't, doesn't matter. matter um and isn't explained why the babysitter would care about it or anything um, so the babysitter and some other guy, I'm not even sure what the relationship is. It's like a hitman or something. Yeah, just like a hitman um, is in this diner and they're plotting on going to uh, Freddy's diner. What are, what's it called? Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. Freddy, yeah, Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. And they're planning on like, here's how we'll fuck it up. We'll go in and trash the place and then it'll get fired and he, we will get custody. Uh, turns out no one gives a shit about whether that entire place is torn apart. Also, it looked pretty disgusting to begin with, so... Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now some tables are flipped over, I guess. Right. Uh, but the one part where, where Penny chimed up, apparently the waiter in that diner that they're meeting at was the guy from Game Theory. Matt this YouTube, This YouTube channel, yeah. Yeah. So that was very important for her. I don't know anything about YouTubers. Like, I feel... This is where I feel really old. Mm -hmm. Whenever there's YouTube drama and, like, oh, this person is getting canceled. Like, we just found out this shocking revelation about Mr. Beast. I'm like, who? What? What's Mr. Beast? And, like, I just see, like, these YouTube personalities as just the most annoying people on Earth. And I'm like, oh, there's millions of people that w these are like, m these personalities are more popular than like A-list celebrities in terms of viewership. And well, and that's what I was going to say is they really are the new celebrities like Mr. Beast. Kids of all ages know who Mr. Beast is. Right. But like actors and actresses like names that's, you know, it's completely flipped on its head now. Yeah. And every time I, <laughs> I like get shown a mr beast video i'm like this fucking like white bread milk toast looking dude is the most famous person in the world it's like he this guy because i feel like he brings nothing he's like he's not even interesting to watch but from what i understand he's just like 
crack the code like a fucking like genius level youtuber in terms of like finding like oh this is what you put in your preview mm-hmm. like uh um thumbnail and this is like how you um like pace the video and it's like okay yeah i mean i get it but it, i mean to me it's like yeah that's what every you know attempt at viral youtube video is is yeah. like that like isn't formula? everyone trying to figure that out but yeah well he's so like the, this game theory guy i started watching the the lore video and it's very much um the youtuber voice that i hate which is like um he kind of pioneered that voice too did he yeah he's like because i th- i thought it was um who's that who's that guy that reads the news that's like really famous for reading the news who reads the news um you rube news <laughs> i can't spell are you talking about drama alert no not that guy uh the guy who reads the news philip that- defranco oh yeah, Philip DeFranco. Well, today, oh, we're talking about everything we know so far about the manhunt for the shooter who killed 18. And- yeah, so this this guy, what bothers me is like the edits between breaths, you know, basically where it's like, and everyone's like has the cadence of like, they have the energy to read five words. And like, they're just, I can like see it before the edit. They're like, I've got a script. I've got to get a t- good take of these five words like high energy and i've got to maintain that high energy for these five words and then they do that for every five words mm-hmm. so like you hear him like today we're gonna to be talking about five nights at freddy's <laughs> and then like there's no it, breath there's it's like, just a cut today then, we're gonna to be talking about five yeah. nights at freddy's freddy's is a is a exciting video game about a chuck e cheese type establishment that's haunted five nights at freddy's is one of the like it's like it like always like steps up you know mm-hmm. and then this guy, the game theory guy, also does the thing where it's like they use the gravel voice for emphasis. Yeah. He's like, and I got this, You, I can't even imitate it, but he's like, you know, he, he does like the artificial gravel voice. I'm like, oh, this is so grating. It's so grating to me because like I can see the artificiality and like the edits in it where it's like this is, it's basically like dangling keys in front of you. It's like the equivalent of. Yeah. Like you don't have patience for it to take its time to like be a like a legit practice presentation. It's like no, this guy's got to get this video out. He's got to put out a video out every fucking day, and he's got only like an hour to record the material that he's going to use for a twenty-minute video. Well, and why so, would like, I watch a video of a guy breathing when I can watch a video of a guy who doesn't <laughs> breathe ever? you know that's that's a good point that's a good point i mean the 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 difference is like you don't then you don't have the raw material for um the breathing edits the breathing edits yeah let me let me pull this up (laughs) so yeah let me see if i can sorry Matt Pat also minor, just... minor, uh, minor, no, here we go. See, when you edit out the breast, you, you miss the opportunity to make great edits like this. <laughs> this is enough to get me to the boiling point. <laughs> so really, that's, that's what every YouTuber's editing floor is littered yeah. with. It is literally, is. If you were to string together every YouTuber's um, cutout clips, it would be this. <laughs> I feel violated. That was, like, gross <laughs> to listen to. <laughs> I should do that. I should do that for this podcast. Or for yeah, just we'll like... make... We'll, end, we'll do the outro of just the breaths. Yeah, Bryce's heavy breathing. Oh, my God. That's the one thing that drives me up the wall is that I can't listen to episodes of horror movie talk is like, God, I breathe so fucking loud. You're the only one who thinks that you are the only person who thinks that I just, I, all I can hear is fat guy breathing. Just like, no, (sighs) nobody, 
Nobody <laughs> thinks that, my guy. You're our lovable host. <laughs> and we love you, and that's it. All right. Oh, thanks, Max. Um, yeah, so that's all happening. Um, and I got to say, like, the main thing I got out of this movie was being able to fully appreciate how much of a ripoff Willy's Wonderland really was. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... You finally get it now. Oh, it's an exact... It's like an exact ripoff of this. Like, they're just... We can get it out two hour, two years earlier. Like, <laughs> this is easy money. It's like, and we don't have to write any dialogue. Right, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, halfway through the movie, we have this cop character that's introduced. That's like the the girl cop. Uh, well, not a girl cop. We'll just call her a cop. Um, What's her name? Vanessa? Vanessa. Played, I'm trying to look at what her actual name played is. Played by Elizabeth Lale. Oh, I She's love her. not a good actor, <laughs> I would say. Like, very much like... She's got the TV actor um, acting style. Which is like... This is another one of those artificial things where it's... Um, they betray it whenever they have like the intense scenes right you know if you ever watch like a a tv show uh where someone's having like an intense scene and they have like this artificial shaky talk like i don't i don't know how to how to do this they're like overacting yeah they're overacting it's like yeah i think people mask a little more Mm -hmm. about their anxiety than like trying to have that dialogue anyway she's just she's just in there and you're like um okay so we obviously don't trust her but also she's trying they're trying to put her forth this is where it gets confusing because nothing is ever consistent in the movie especially her character yeah this cop character comes in and you're like oh she's got shifty eyes we shouldn't trust her but also she's the one that saves abby but also she helps her murderous father kill children, but also she wants to save the children. And you're like, okay. <laughs> my my favorite part with her that just like, I, when I was watching in the theater, I was like, what is this movie? Was um, there's a scene where J- Josh or Mike, I guess is his name in the movie, and his sister are at... Five Nights at Freddy's or whatever the place is called. Uh-huh. And the cop is there too. And they all know that the animatronics are alive now. And mm-hmm. um, Mike is like, we have to get my sister out of here. Like, this is not a safe place for children, obviously. Uh-huh. Right. And the cop's just like, no, it's it'll be a lot of fun. We'll, we'll do all these fun things. Look how much fun your sister's having. And then immediately once something goes wrong, she's like, you fucking, you... If you ever bring a kid back to this, what kind of a sick fuck brings a kid to a to a place like this, to this hellhole? It's like what you were the one who wanted them to stay. He wanted to go. Right. I literally wrote down the line because she says, um, "If you bring Abby back, I'll shoot you." Like, yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> Anyways, she she just drops that there is disappeared kids in the 80s, but, like, doesn't... Just leaves it it there. Like, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of kids that disappeared in the 80s. That's why the place got shut down. But then zero more information. And you would think that Mike would maybe ask some questions about, like, did they ever find them? Seems right up his wheelhouse, to be honest. what What are the theories of where they went? Um... Did they have, did someone have this type of car that stole my brother? Um, anyways, um, the, the ants hitman and his friends come in very much like Willie's Wonderland where it's like, well, we gotta, we can't kill the protagonist because we want people to like him. So we have to bring in fodder. And, uh, so the fodder appears. There's like three people that break in to five nights at Freddy's, uh, pizzeria and 
then we see like the robots actually attack. It's the only real time that we see like the actual violence that's possible with with the robots. I love that as they're tearing up the place, like all the ATMs and and coin machines are still like chock full of money. And you're like as a business owner, if I knew I was going to close down my business indefinitely, I you'd probably want that cash in the bank. I don't know. It's just I'm just such a nitpicker, like yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I would want the money too. Maybe he thinks that he's going to reopen. Yeah, that's, you know, that's Why true. Why move I the didn't... quarters just to put the quarters back in, you know? It's true. Um, and then, like, as the robots are attacking the the burglars, um, the best scene in the whole movie is the one of the robots just chomps the girl in half, yeah. the, the babysitter. And that's about the time pretty soon after that penny noped out of the movie like when when um the only next target was abby she's like nope too much and she left um she she's 10 right she's 10 okay so but I, honestly like after watching this like my my wife turned to me and was like this movie is for 10 year olds like this how obvious the dialogue is and how like yeah like the lack of thought put into it and like kind of the arbitrariness is like yeah 10 10 year olds would love this shit um how what was the like uh median age in the in the theater i mean it was really like two demographics it was like eight to ten year olds and like 15 to 17 year olds you know mm. yeah which, um, by the way, at once the movie was over, everyone clapped. <laughs> that that tells you the kind of people that, and and that's nothing against these people. They're just like, obviously they loved the movie, they had a great time, and I'm happy for them. But it's an odd so, movie to be celebrating. So you're saying there's a lot of white people in this theater, is what you're saying? I mean, I live in Idaho. Yeah, I see a not not a lot of minorities. No clapping at the movie theater i don't think no i don't think that's so. a very white white thing the same it's the same people that clap when the when the plane lands like, <laughs> yeah you did your job yeah um yeah so here here's the thing the most confusing part for me is like again with like the inconsistency with the cop character the most inconsistent thing is the story about these fucking robots like okay mm -hmm. So they're bad robots, and they're attacking anyone, apparently, uh, because they're not just robots. They're ghost robots. They're ghost robots ghost haunted, by the, haunted by the ghosts of children? Yes. So apparently these children are just, like, murderers and just want to murder everyone. But no. They want to murder most people but they also want to capture other small children by murdering them and you're like but wait why so and it's never explained and then at the end is like the the deus ex machina with matthew lillard showing up as the creator yeah and then he's like no i control the children and they do my bidding i'm just like but wait why would they do that what and then it's like the reveal is that there's some child's crayon drawing of him in costume with the children and then abby corrects the drawing by showing the 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 rabbit suit with a knife and then all of a sudden the children are like oh he's bad we'll kill him Oh, just that's the guy that killed me and stuffed me in an animatronic. Yeah, you're I like, forgot. Wait, what? Like this? He's controlling him through this particular drive. It just makes zero sense at all. Like why these kids? Like usually with a haunting or like you know the ring or like these these other uh, horror movies where there's a haunting where they're tormenting people like the end reveals like oh either they're just 
mistaken and they're like caught in this loop and don't understand that you're not a threat to them or it's like oh actually they're super evil like with the girl from the ring it's like oh they're super evil and want to kill everyone um and this is like it's both (laughs) it is kind of both um well from the lore video that i watched last night okay and they don't really explain this in the movie but from what I gather, they want to kill the security guard because when the owner originally killed them, he was wearing like a security guard outfit. And so now they want to kill anyone who looks like that. And when children die, it's usually on accident just because the animatronics are actually really dangerous. So... But it's it, on that posits, it posits that in this movie that they're collecting the souls of more children. Yes. That is how the movie portrays it. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's a very confusing movie and like the resolution is not satisfying, um, which at this time, at, by the point it, that it actually resolves, you're like pretty checked out. You're like, I don't care about these people i don't care about like what the actual mystery is like it it all just seems very arbitrary and then by the time that the arbitrary ending comes you're like all right okay next (laughs) you know um so yeah i mean it ends and we find out that not only was the owner creator of the the restaurant the killer of these children but he also was the one that kidnapped garrett mike's brother that got kidnapped and killed him apparently which is a stretch to me which is a stretch but also why wouldn't garrett be one of the little kids in the dream yeah well if he's collecting maybe this actually little kid souls i think this actually closes a plot hole for me because they said there's five dead children, and they show the dead children, right, uh-huh. in his dreams and stuff. There's five animatronics, plus a weird cupcake thing that, like, flies around and does damage. Uh-huh. Right. I kept wondering, who's controlling the cupcake? There, it never explains who mm. is in the... It's a Garrett it's cupcake. Garrett. It's a Garrett cake. Wow. His He's brother really was in the cupcake all along. All right. It's oh they should have done a flashback where where Mike was like playing Garrett at football and was like you're such a cupcake you're such a pussy get up uh, stop crying stop being such a cupcake it's like would have solved you know would have tied it all together it would yeah any of that stuff like from the past that like the connective tissue of like oh this is what ties all this plot together is like again it's not convincing at all and it's pretty. No unsatisfying movie but the major takeaway we can take from five nights at freddy's um is kid ghosts are dumb and uh that's that's the major lesson of like if you're a kid and you die your ghost is going to be very very stupid well Um, kids are dumb yeah kids are dumb all right so who would like this apparently teenagers and 10 year olds that are super into youtube video that explains the convoluted lore of a video game i think if you already like five nights at freddy's you'll just eat up the movie because you love fnaf content but i know what that is (laughs) (laughs) i saw the beer and i clapped (laughs) yeah that's that's almost exactly like people were shouting out almost verbatim stuff like that the entire time um but if you don't know Five Nights at Freddy's, I don't think this is going to turn you into an avid fan. Right. I have zero interest in playing the video. I have less interest in playing the video games now that I've seen this movie. I like scary games, but I don't like games that are, like, stressful. Like, I have to be, like, watching a bunch of things and, like, clicking right. everything. Like, that's just too much effort for me. I want to relax when I play games. Yeah. All right, well, moving on, let's go into FNAF trivia. FNAF trivia. So this is a cop-out. I'm just stealing someone else's trivia. Uh, I'm just going to see how how much you know 
uh, Max about FNAF, which is an abbreviation for Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, um, really? We'll, we'll start off with easy. Um, in Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria Simulator, what item must be purchased in order to obtain the insanity ending? This is the easy? You this know is the I've easy. never played any of these games except for the first one when I was like 13, right? Is it Midnight Motorist Arcade, Lefty, Egg Baby, or Security Puppet? I'm going with Midnight Motorist. Wrong. It's Egg Fuck. Baby. Idiot. All right, another easy one. If egg you don't baby. get this one, you're just... You don't know anything. Which character did not receive a new skin during the Dark Circus event in FNAF AR? Foxy, uh, Baby, Mangle, or Springtrap? I'm going Mangle. Locking it in. Wrong. It's Baby. Idiot. Baby? Who is Baby? I don't know. Oh, here we go. Easy. Easy, Max. Okay. What is the name of William Afton's daughter? <gasps> Elizabeth. You got it. It's Elizabeth. Bum, 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 bum. I watched right. a long video for that. All right. So you got one out of three so far. Okay. Um, let's move on to the medium tier. Um, bu- 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 bu. Who was the first recorded person to complete 5020 mode in Ultimate Custom Night. <laughs> it was it Mark Markiplier, Remory, DJ Sturf, or Daco? The only one I know out of that is Markiplier, so let's let's try Markiplier and see if that's a winner. It's Remory. Who or is Remory? Remory? Who are these it's, people? It's uh it's this guy. Okay, that See? checks out, actually. That guy looks like he would beat it first. Yeah, yeah. He's crying. It's, it's his life's biggest accomplishment. Um, okay. Which character from the Twisted Ones novel appears in merchandise, but nowhere in the actual book? Was it Twisted Chica, Twisted Foxy, Stanley the Unicorn, or Theodore. <laughs> okay, before I answer this, did you know that there's like over 12 books? Yeah, there's a... That's the thing about this lore when you watch these videos. It's like, there's something like, like fucking 10 games or something and mm-hmm. like 20 books and merch and like weird, just, just extended content and merchandise that all tells the story of like some convoluted lore like where i kind of checked out of the of the lore video was it starts out with like the story goes back all the way to the 1930s i was like (laughs) (laughs) no no thanks (laughs) i stayed long enough to to like just get like i see what they're going for it's very much like the lost syndrome of like you can tell they don't actually know what's going on right. the whole time, and they just need to wrap it up. Anyway, sorry. Stop delaying, Max. Is it Twisted Theodore. Chica? It's Twisted Fox. Oh, okay. You're wrong. It's Twisted Chica. Fuck. All right, let's do two more hard ones. Um, during FNAF 1's development, which two animals were be- being considered to take the place of Foxy? Was it a cat or a dog, an alligator or a pig, a wolf or a beaver, or a rat or a crocodile? Let's go simple. Cat and dog. It was a wolf or a beaver. Yeah, of course it was. This is... All right, last one. Um, in 2020, Jack Black appeared on Jimmy Kimmel Live wearing a mask of which FNAF character? Was it The Puppet, Freddy Fazbear, Glitchtrap, or Ennard? Ennard? Ennard. It was Glitchtrap. You fucking idiot. 
You lose. You lose, Max. I, I watched an hour and a half long video just to get one out of like 10 on this quiz. You get nothing. <laughs> you lose. All right. Um, that's FNAF trivia. There's like fucking 30 more questions, but I, honestly, I, I should have... Uh, I should have just made up answers and I wouldn't have known the difference. You wouldn't have known anyways. Like just the fact that it's like, which character is it? Theodore or (laughs) twisted Foxy? It's like you could, again, that's like a wacky Mad Libs thing. Just like, um, screwball, (laughs) screwball otter. And, um, Darkened uh, lemur. Um, this is like screwball. How many otter, of these? Bro. How many of these fucking animatronics <laughs> are there? It's like it's not a good business model to have like thirty characters no. for your franchise restaurant. It's like you need four or five, and really you just need one. You know, mm-hmm. you need Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Entertainment Cheese. Yeah, you need Chuck E. Inter- Charles Entertainment Cheese. Charles. <laughs> And then his backup band. It's like, do you really care about Tito Jackson? No. Like, it's Michael and then others, you know. <laughs> you don't need a ba- you don't need a bench of thirty different characters in the Charles Entertainment Cheese location. Anyway, so that was uh our episode. Thanks for sticking it out with us. Don't see Friday night at Fre- at Freddy's. Do see like Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, yeah, so thanks for sticking around. Um, thanks for all the uh, to all the listeners that have sent encouraging messages. Like I'm still carrying it forward. Um, it'll probably be a while while I figure out everything, and I'm realizing how much uh, David really did take care of. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, I got to do all this stuff now. Um, so, so bear with me and, um, I don't know how long the process is going to be to, you know, to like solidify everything. Uh, just be patient. Thanks Max for, for coming on. Yeah, man. Um, we're recording another episode, uh, for Insidious, which Max is taking the helm of. And, uh, again, just don't, don't fuck it up, Max. Like this is your chance. I'm going to try so hard. Don't blow it. Um, it's so awkward just being like. (laughs) <laughs> this guy's this guy he's temporary like <laughs> we'll see we'll maybe see. <laughs> um thanks to our patrons that have stuck it out um we're we're gonna keep going uh please if you want to support the show um and lead us through this these uncertain times uh join our patreon uh share the share the uh the show with a friend um kind of took a big hit not having any episodes in october so we are looking to grow up again um and uh yeah call 682-253-4468 if you have any questions or want to leave a voicemail i love you all we'll see you on the flip side bye thank you guys good day sir Wow, that didn't sound good.